The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. 
I mean, I must have known about the story. I mean, I had well, to I, I know you saw the big dent in the in the fender of the Hornet. Yeah. All right. All right. So, I'm sure yeah. I knew about it. I just don't remember it, I guess. And it sucks, man. I had my license like two days. <laughs> I had to wake up my mom. <laughs> hey, I sort of kind of accidentally uh, ran into a truck. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically the other way around, but. Yeah, the truck hit me. Yeah. Yeah, I've never been in a car accident where I was the driver yet, okay. knock on wood. Um, but I have been in a few car accidents in my day, and mm-hmm. I guess I'm just going to leave it like that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was I was in a motorcycle accident. I um, I was riding mm-hmm. my bike, and it was just starting to rain. And um, I pulled in the clutch, and I, I, I thought I was back far enough from the intersection so I could ride a little bit more towards the, the middle of the intersection. Pulled in my clutch, and the back tire, it gave it enough torque where the back tire spun a little bit. Mm. And the next thing I know, I hit the ground. I'm sliding across the ground. And what they tell you is to kick the bike. Now, since it was raining, I was sliding a lot, you know, because the ground yeah. was wet. Yeah. And so I kicked the bike as hard as I could, but it moved me into the turn lane. It was like a like a left-hand turn lane coming up. So I slid into the left-hand turn lane. And when I finally came to it, like I, I was long enough to, to like try different things while I was sliding. Mm. <laughs> like I'm sitting there and I, I try to, to put my arm down. I put my hands down to try to stop myself. And all I could feel was immediate like fire pain on the palms of my hands. Uh, So then I dropped down to my arms and that hurt way worse. So I went up to my hands again. And then by then I was going slow enough where I thought maybe I could roll onto my back. So really like the first, if I had to guess probably 50 feet, I was riding on my face mask in my steel toed boots. Like my body was like <laughs> yeah. arched, but I started, they tell you not to tumble. So I started to rotate and I put my hand down. Well, I thought I was slow enough so I could rip the uh, flip to my back. So mm-hmm. I flipped to my back and it just threw me back onto my stomach again. And then How I long? rolled out of it a couple of times. How long were you so sliding like, for like a half hour? <laughs> it seemed like it. See, I was sliding for a long time because I was going like almost 60 when I hit the That's ground crazy. So, and it was raining. Um, and so I, I stood up and you have that moment where you wait for pain to hit, for, to yeah. hit. you know, I was waiting for like, like when you step your toe, when you yeah, step yeah. your toe, it's delayed. Yeah. Like this is going to suck. This is going to suck. So I stand up and I surprisingly don't feel pain. And I must've had a stupid look on my face because somebody comes up beside me and they're like, Oh my God, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I think so. And I glance up and my bike is laying in the middle of the intersection, which completely like broke my heart. And uh, <laughs> this guy comes in, he goes, Hey. I was driving the truck that was behind you and I look up and the truck is now in front of me <laughs> and he goes, you came so close to my tire that I thought I ran you over. Oh, shit. He's like, I couldn't see you slide past my car. Oh my God. Like, That's how close you were. Yeah. Wow. So when I got to the hospital, um, my tendon was sticking out of my left arm, oh, not God, sticking out. It was ground. I was just my thinking tendon. about it. Yeah. I, there was like this pure white spot. It was about a, like a six inch long opening by maybe an inch and a half. Um, and it was a pure white spot. And the doctor said, that's where my tendon, it was ground down to my tendon. Mm. Um, and then both of my hand, the palms of my hands were opened up and I had a, I probably have a, still have a scar on the back of my right elbow. And then I thought I broke my knee, but I didn't. So yeah, that was fun. Wow. But the more important thing, the bike was okay. That's well, that's good. <laughs> that's what's, that's important. Yeah. Yeah. I do have a correction though. I do remember I actually, did have an accident where I was the driver and you were actually with me. If you remember this, this is when I was living up in Jacksonville and Mm -hmm. we were in my, (laughs) (laughs) I'm guessing you remember this. Yes. (laughs) We were in my Toyota 4Runner. Just run, dude. Just run. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly right. We were in my 4Runner and 
Maybe I hadn't had the vehicle long enough or something. I don't know because I didn't know how big it no, was. No, we were in your Xterra. In the Xterra? Oh, yeah. Okay. Maybe we were. And I remember backing out. We were leaving because I, I think we played a show that night. I was in a band yeah. and we just played the show. <laughs> and I was completely 100% sober. You know, when there wasn't any alcohol involved or anything, but we were leaving a bar. And I backed up and <laughs> I think I bumped this car. And then Jimmy, you just go, just go, man, just go, just go. And I was like, should I? He's like, yes, just go. And I was like, all right. And luckily there was no damage to my car. And so, you know. There was no damage to his. You're going like five miles an hour. So yeah, it was probably less than that. <laughs> you know, yeah. It was just a little bump. But yeah, so, yeah, that's my big car accident that I've had. <laughs> I was riding uh, my bike one time. This was my Suzuki. And, um, and I hydroplaned. And yeah. I had a, a can of Altoids in my pocket. And when <laughs> I fell, I fell right onto the can of Altoids. <laughs> and I didn't think anything of it. And I finally got the bike on my foot peg broke. And you know how hard it is to ride a bike with your foot, with your foot peg broke? But I got the bike home. And when I <laughs> when I took a shower that night, or who am I, who am I fooling? I take baths. I don't take showers because I'm immature. I'm a grown boy. But anyways. Um, I'm a grown boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I had a... Uh, an Altoid shaped bruise on my leg, <laughs> and you yeah. could you could make out the can. The can was squished. The can the can was like really thin, <laughs> yeah. but you could see the outline of the bruise on my leg. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> um, but when you talk Altoid can in your pocket, you literally had Altoids. No, they were actually the the citrus flavored Altoid, the sour Altoids. Right, right. They were so actually Altoids, Altoids in your can. Because most people think Altoid cans in your pocket, it's going to assume it's got weed in it or something like that. Because that's really know, what they were actually, used for. <laughs> yeah, this this was actually like candy. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a grown boy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you got my candy in my pocket and I'm taking a bath. Like people probably, don't, a lot of people don't believe me when I say I I've never drank, I've never tried drugs, I've never tried alcohol, <laughs> right. I've never tried weed, I've never smoked cigarettes, I've never, <laughs> right. I've never done it's anything. It's true. It's yeah. true. Yeah. I do have one more quick story that I had an almost accident on my bike, on a motorcycle. So I was coming home late at night at work. I was um, jumping on the on-ramp on a 95 and just kind of picking up speed and just going. Mm -hmm. And so, and I look up ahead and it's really dark out. I look up ahead (laughs) and I was like, what the hell? And so I look and there's a car just stopped on the on-ramp. Oh, shit. Yeah, and I was like, holy shit. So I'm like... I tried to brake, but I was like, I can't brake in time. I literally had to make a decision. Do I want to just hit the car or attempt to swerve out of the way and probably lose control? And uh-huh. so, like, in a split-second decision, I'm like, uh, 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 um, uh, I'll try to swerve. And somehow, I did it perfectly, just whoom, whoom. Like, I missed, I missed it by literally, like, an inch or two. And yeah. I don't know how the hell I did it. I look back like... What the? F- did I just go through that car? Like, how the hell did that happen? Yeah, yeah. I don't know how I did it, but I did it perfectly smoothly in control the whole time. But I don't. I don't think I could do it again. <laughs> There's no I have, way. I have so many motorcycle stories I could tell, but one <laughs> I can tell. Like I was, I was going over here in Florida. We have barrier islands. Like if you look at a map of Florida and you look at the right side of it, if you follow the east coast down, you'll see like just a little, just a little nipple. Yeah, just a little bump. <laughs> that little nipples us. And that's me intact. That little nipples yeah. me intact. And uh, we have barrier islands and you have to go on these big bridges to go out to the islands. And, um, and I was, it was like two o'clock in the morning. I was coming home from work from what's now my wife and from her house. And it, there was nobody on the road. And I see this car coming up behind me and he's not, 
in the left lane. He's in the right lane following me. And I know what he's going to do. We have these guys that'll, that'll come up behind you and tailgate you and then pass you at the last second. So they're basically almost scraping your car. And when you're on a motorcycle, that's terrifying. Hmm. And so this, we're starting to go up the bridge and this guy comes up just like I thought behind me, tailgates me for a second and goes to switch lanes. So as he switches lanes, I thought I'm gonna mess with him. So I start accelerating <laughs> and matching his pace, right? Yeah. Just to piss him off. And so I'm matching his pace going up the bridge and I hear him kicking overdrive because he's trying to out outrun me. So I <laughs> drop it a gear and I start accelerating <clears throat> harder. We get to the top of the bridge and I think, you know, if there's a cop sitting on the other side, because by then we're going close to a hundred like we're hauling ass <laughs> up the bridge, right? And so on the other side of the bridge, um, just in case there was a cop, I start slowing down. So I roll off the throttle and, and my bike slows down. Mm. I see him slow down beside me and I glance to my left and it's a sheriff. Uh. And I felt so stupid doing it <laughs> that I just, I waved <laughs> like this <laughs> and he waved back. He had his windows open and everything. He waved back to me and put his lights on and took off. <laughs> that almost exact same thing happened to me. But I was in my yeah. car. Because, yeah. like, I was driving on the highway. This car came up behind me with fucking lights, like, yeah. the brights on. I was like, what yeah. the fuck, dude? And he was, like, fucking flashing, like, fucking move. Yeah. And I was like, there's a whole other fucking lane. Like, are you kidding me? So, I finally I moved over to the slow lane because I wasn't going fast enough. And that <laughs> fucking pissed me off. So, I'm like, I, I, I can go fast. I can show you. So, I'm fucking just boom, you know. And then I see this car slowly coming up next to me. And I was like, <laughs> It was a cop car. He actually turns his light light on spotlight and shines it over to me. Wow. And I was like, I was like, oh. And then I was just like, waved at him, and then I slowed back down, and then he kept going. Wow. I was like, sorry. I feel like an ass now. That's awesome. All right, so uh, we'll go ahead and take our first break, and uh, maybe go on a motorcycle ride. <laughs> and um, when we get back, we will talk about uh, fender benders. Mm-hmm. We'll be back. Hey there, comic book fan. We've got a few questions for you. Were you obsessed with X-Men as a kid? Did you stand in line to get a copy of The Death of Superman in the Black Poly Bag? Did you buy every Image comic no matter how long it took to hit the shelves? Then have we got the show for you. Wizards, the podcast guide to comics is the podcast where Adam and Michael re-examine the 90s comic book boom through the pages of Wizard Magazine and explore the world of gimmick covers, massive crossover events, and find out if those 20 copies of X-Force number one you stashed in your long box really did put your kids through college. And that's not all. We also bring you exclusive interviews with former Wizard staff members who tell behind-the-scenes stories from the guide to comics that defined a generation. In our special series, The Wizard Files. And wait, there's more! You'll get mini-episodes with 90s comic book reviews and more nostalgic fun. Wizards, the podcast guide to comics is brought to you by the Retro Network every Wednesday. So subscribe today on your favorite podcast app. And remember to keep your books bagged and boarded.
we are back. Right. Man. Those mm. were good ones. And you didn't spill a single drop of your water either. That was insane. I know. I know. It's That was crazy. You'll get there. You got to keep trying. Yeah. So it's the last episode of the season. Oh, that's right. It is the last episode of the season. Yes. Season three is coming to a close today. It is. Man. Man. <laughs> Our little show's growing up. That's right. It's already three um, years old. <laughs> no, it's so precious. It can start eating like solid foods now. It can, you can start yeah. walking. Walk on we're about, we estimate that we're about halfway through this uh, Brady Bunch listening experience. Now, some people would argue that because if you literally count the episodes, season three, episode 11 would be the halfway point. But we are going to do a season six, even though yes. there's only five, five seasons yeah. of the Brady Bunch. And season six is going to be chock full of all the fun extras. Yeah, stuff like, uh, you know, the the variety show, the parody movies, the after movies that came after the show ended. Yep. So, yes. Indeed. So that'll that'll be, be a really fun season. Yeah, that'll be a really fun season. We'll have to get guests on the show then. Yeah, that'll be a perfect season to have all kinds of guests. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, do we want to dive into this? Let's get into it. Okay. Season three, episode 21, entitled The Fender Benders. Let's get into this. Some facts about the episode. I didn't write anything down. Oh, okay. That there. <laughs> um, first aired on March 10th, 1972. Written by Sherwood, Sherwood Schwartz and David P. Harmon. David Harmon. Not the other David Harmons. <laughs> David P. Harmon. That's right. And it was directed by Alan Barron. Hmm. According to IMDb, the station wagon seen turning into the side, the driveway in the establishing shot is clearly a different car than the one that stops in the driveway. Oh, I didn't notice. The establishing is a 1969 Plymouth and the one Hmm. seen in the close-up is a 1972 Plymouth. Also, the vehicle in the wide shot doesn't have the rear right fender damage. (laughs) That the one in the close-up does. The damage is a key element to the plot. That's because she just did it from the time she pulled in. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So she's blaming on this poor guy, and she did it pulling in the driveway. Yep. Evidence Mm -hmm. is right there. Cindy says Bobby spilled ice on her dress, but she never wore a dress until they went to court. Oh. Another liar. Mm Mm-hmm. The way the accident is described, it is not consistent with the damage. Hmm. The Brady car is damaged on the right rear, not the fender. So it is not possible for the cars to have been parked in the same parking spaces, like meaning behind one another. Mm -hmm. The Brady car must have backed out first so that Mr. Dugan could hit from the angle he did. It's like lying is in the Brady women's jeans. They can't Mm -hmm. help it. So really, the damage proves that it was Mr. Dugan's fault. Okay. Because Carol had to have been pulled out and turning sideways in order for him to be able to hit that part of the car. Well, not unless you look at the evidence Mr. Dugan was saying in court, which I thought was fucking hilarious because he's (laughs) like, so I'm parked like this. And she's parked like and completely turns the car like, yeah. <laughs> like it's yeah, yeah, yeah. like diagonally parked. Yeah. In the parking. <laughs> I thought that was so fucking funny because <laughs> you know how women are. <laughs> so let's get into this. We fade in. Hmm. Scene one. 
We open to see Carol pulling into the driveway in the station wagon with a huge dent in the side of the car. We see Carol and Marsha get out and open the back to get the groceries as Bobby and Cindy get out of the back seat. As Bobby walks to the back of the car, we hear him say, boy, wait till dad finds out. Boy, is he going to be mad? (laughs) Cindy replies, I'm going to finish my homework fast so I can watch. Bobby (laughs) agrees with the good idea saying me too. (laughs) Marsha being the mature one asks Carol if she's going to tell Mike before dinner. Carol tries to dismiss it saying that the kids are making a big deal out of nothing. Hmm. Saying Mike isn't going to be upset over something so minor. But as Carol walks by, she sees the severity of the dent and grimaces. Hmm. <clears throat> you know, Mike is always getting mad all the yeah. time. I Good job on that dent, man. Like, I don't know if they really like smashed a car with another car, but that looks pretty convincing. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I assume it was a real dent. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't um, know how they did it, but. Why did Bobby and Cindy go if Marsha was already going? What do you mean? Why not? I mean, from a parenting standpoint, why would you bring them to if you're just going to go grocery shopping? It's just two more kids you got to keep track of. Just let them stay at home. <laughs> I don't know. They probably wanted to go or, I mean, I hmm. remember, because I, like I said, I always compare my Brady life to my dad's in the summers and right. it was kind of like fun to get out. Like, Hey, I'm going to the store. Who wants to come with me? And I was like, me, I want to go, I want to go, I want right. to go, you know? Hmm. So, yeah. okay. Scene two. Next, we see Carol and Alice in the kitchen. Carol is, wait for it, Jimmy, making, quote, making a salad. How did Mike find her? Like, she, he's so special to have a wife like that. Like, I would love to find out how they met. She knows how to it. cut things, though, Tack. Like, she knows how to cut lettuce. Soon she she'll, she'll be on fries. No. <laughs> yeah. And carrots, we watched her do that. Well, I don't think we ever saw her cut carrots. Yeah, she was cutting carrots in the last episode. Yeah, I guess so. But Alice seems nervous for Carol giving her a look and then looking out towards the front door. (laughs) Finally, she says, Mr. Brady should be home any minute now, Mrs. Brady. Carol simply replies, guess so. Then I'll get my beating. (laughs) Alice, feeling nervous for Carol, tells her, I sure wish there was a way I could help you soften the blow. This is like... I don't know what your notes are, but like even Alice is concerned. <laughs> like what the fuck happened? You know how violent Mike is. <laughs> like <laughs> Alice is like, sucks to be you. I've been there. I, remember, I used to live with Mike longer than you. We almost need to make a, a fake documentary and call it like when the cameras are off and like just portray Mike as being this like horrible wife abusing person. <laughs> Carol getting frustrated tells her, Alice, you were as bad as the kids. Mr. Brady is not going to be upset. Alice gives her a look like, oh, bless your heart, and says, <laughs> well, I hope not. Carol, perhaps trying to convince herself, says, after all, it was just a little accident. Then smiles as she says, just a dented fender. She then begins to laugh and says, it wasn't even my fault. Alice asks her if she thought about how she's going to break the news. Carol, getting full of herself, says, I'll just say, hi, honey. How was your day? Then imitating Mike says, fine. How was yours? Then back to cheerful voice. Oh, terrific. Just a slight mishap with the car. 
She begins to go on, but is interrupted by the front door opening. Alice finishes her thought, saying, You can find out what I'll say right now. Mr. Brady just got home. And he, by the way, he texted me and said, Go cut a switch. So... <laughs> <laughs> Mike comes in with his briefcase and heads straight to the mail, which is sitting on the table next to the front door. And all of its bills, too. So he's like, God damn it. He's already fucking pissed off. <laughs> Who left the lights on? <laughs> Who touched the goddamn thermostat? You people need to take less showers. <laughs> Carol meekly hollers, Mike. Mike answers with a, yeah, honey. In the same meek voice, Carol asks him, how was your day? Mike replies, God, fuck it. No, I can't think of anything. (laughs) Mike replies, oh, great. Carol quickly asks Alice if she looks confident. Alice replies, like a turkey on Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Carol pats Alice on the shoulder before leaving the kitchen with a ridiculous smile and an overly cheerful attitude. (laughs) (laughs) So, first off, why is she downplaying this so much? Like, she had two kids in the car. Yeah. Like, she had a teenager and two kids in the car, and she either hit somebody or got hit. Yeah. Like, that's not that's not something to say, that's just a little offender. No, you had two kids in the car. You should be <laughs> extra careful when you have two kids in the car. Instead of looking right. twice, look four times. You have two kids in the car. <laughs> right. Second, why is she being so overly cheerful <laughs> and at times laughing about this. At times she was like, <laughs> it's, it's just a fender better. <laughs> like, it's not funny. Again, you had two kids in the car. There's nothing funny about this. <laughs> also, she sucks so bad at cutting celery. <laughs> and also the turkey line cracked me up. That shit had me cracked up. <laughs> yeah. And my note here is like, I'll say it again. Since when has she or anyone been so scared of Mike? Yeah, right? Yeah. And that, why... Even if, like, I, if I got in a car accident, I mean, I don't have a girlfriend or anything, but, like, I wouldn't be afraid to tell them unless right. this kind of thing happens a lot, you know, and mm-hmm. it's just, like, it's me, I suck at driving or something. But yeah. it's, like, I just got in a car accident. And, like, someone be like, what? You did damage to the car? You know, first question usually is, like, are you okay? Is everybody okay? Like, yeah. Well, accidents happen. That's why they're called accidents. And that's yeah, yeah. as far as the kind of conversation would go. Yeah. But I don't know. Like if I had an accident, if I had to call Megan and say Megan had an accident, the first words out of her mouth were would be, uh, how are the, kid, are the kids okay? And vice mm-hmm. versa. If, if Megan came home and said some guy backed into me, the first question, are you okay? Are the kids okay? Like, screw the car. That's why you have insurance. Like, right. Like we, I was driving home from Orlando. I'm thinking of all these things now when I had fender benders now. And <laughs> instead of talking about fucking motorcycle stories, I'm going to tell you. But I was coming back from Orlando and these, the riding mowers that the lawn guys have, have these weird bimini top things on it. And the frame of it went through my, the plastic bumper, through my radiator, um, and it got wedged inside my grill and ended up damaging my air conditioning and my radiator and all this kind of stuff. I remember that. And the, uh, and the first question Megan asked was, is Caitlin okay? Are you okay? We can fix the car. Don't worry about it. Are you guys okay? I'm a little disappointed that Carol didn't think along those lines. Like, well, Mike's going to first care whether we're okay. Like he's, <laughs> right. he's not going to be, he doesn't love the car so much that he doesn't give a shit about the safety of his wife and kids. <laughs> right. And so let me get this straight. With that accident that where something came flying at your vehicle on mm-hmm. the highway, 
Your wife didn't get mad at you? Well, she beat me off. <laughs> sorry, that's fucked Oh, up. my God. Uh, scene three. Carol walks into the dining room where Mike is now standing going through the mail. She greets him saying, hi, honey, to which he replies, hi, sweetheart. Carol, overly cheerful, asks, asks him how everything was at the office. Mike cautiously answers, fine. How was your day? Carol replies, just great. I confirmed your golf date for Sunday. I found a button that matched your sweater and sewed it on. I put a new light bulb in your den. I picked up your cleaning. I made your favorite chicken and dumplings for dinner. By now, Mike's bull- bullshit detector is going off so loud it's deafening. He puts his hands on his hips, stares at Carol, and begins with, Honey, Mike? what went wrong today? <laughs> Carol, still in her fake cheerful voice, says, well, well, now that you mentioned it, there was there was one small, tiny, minor problem. Mike, smelling bullshit, asks, small, <laughs> tiny, minor. Carol, trying to pull one over on her husband, replies, I knew you would see it that way. But <laughs> Mike just isn't convinced that, that easily as he asks, see what what way? Just then, with perfect timing, Greg walks in. He casually greets Carol and Mike with a, hi, mom. Hi, dad. Then asks, who banged up the car? (laughs) Mike's smile fades and his voice gets louder as he asks, who banged up what? (laughs) Greg sees the dirty look he's getting from Carol and just says, oops. Mike puts the mail down as he says, well, I think I better go have a look at this small, tiny, minor and... As soon as Mike leaves, Carol somehow blames this on her son that wasn't (laughs) even present, saying, thanks a lot, Big Valve. (laughs) Yeah. As she shoves a piece of celery in Greg's mouth, Greg looks at her like, the fuck? I know. So she genuinely looked really pissed at Greg. Yeah. Like, thanks a lot, fucker. Like, Like she was totally content lying to her husband, and he ruined it. (laughs) And I thought it was funny that Mike... Picks up immediately on her bullshit because she yeah. did work. Cause and he straight up talks to her like he's a child. Like she's a child. Well, because like she did work that day. Like she actually was productive. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And he's like, oh, wait, wait, you were productive wrong. today? So something's wrong, you know. And Carol made chicken and dumplings. Okay. <laughs> like I think if everything would have went to plan, she 100% would have kept this for Mike. <laughs> There's no way. She would have parked the car backwards so he couldn't see it. Like she would have kept this as long as she could away from her husband. Why it's nice to know their marriage is based on trust. Backwards. <laughs> oh, I figured it's for you, honey, and it's quicker to get out of the driveway. <laughs> well, also I thought it was funny how you know Greg and Bobby damaged Mike's car, and Carol thinks it's a big fucking deal. But like <laughs> Carol damages the car, and and arguably worse damage. Yeah. And Carol's like, "What? It's just a little thing. He ain't gonna give a shit." Really? But he gave a shit about his <laughs> his convertible top being poked. <laughs> right. <clears throat> um. Yeah. All right. Scene four. Mike is out inspecting the car. He says, well, it's no big thing, but it's not exactly small, tiny, and minor either. <laughs> Carol begins trying to explain exactly the way a teen would, <laughs> telling Mike that it wasn't her fault. She was just in the parking lot at the supermarket. Mike stops her and asks what happened. Carol tells Mike, we got in the car and we fastened our seatbelts. And then I carefully looked out 
out the back window to make sure everything was clear. And then I started to back out. Well, this, this man across the aisle, he started to back right out. Mike finishes Carol's thought saying, then he hit you. Carol says, exactly. He hit me. Mike smirks. Carol continues. He didn't even look back. He just barreled right out of the parking slot. Mike stops her and asks, what about the damage to his car? Carol casually replies, about the same as mine, a dented fender. Mike then states what's important, saying he's glad nobody was hurt. Carol then tells Mike they exchanged names and addresses, and they both decided to fix their own cars instead of making a big thing about it. This doesn't sit too well with Mike, as he says, well, it would have been wiser to report it, but as long as you both agreed. Just then, Peter and Jan came riding up the driveway on their bikes. Peter spots the dent and runs over to it saying, wow, I bet Greg's really going to get it for that. Jan joins in saying, what a dumb thing to do. He must feel stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Only an idiot would do this. (laughs) Mike relishing this moment says, Greg didn't do it. Carol finishes and it wasn't so dumb either. Mike switches back into parent mode, telling them they better go get ready for dinner. Your mom has made chicken and dumplings for dinner tonight. (laughs) Jan's eyes light up as she says, chicken and dumplings? Peter laughs and walks away saying, that means mom wrecked the car. (laughs) As the kids walk away laughing, Mike joins in the laughing too. That is until Carol makes him stop by causing physical harm to him. (laughs) Mike glances down and says... That's where I'm going to put my dumplings because she hit him in the stomach. Yeah, so. yeah. Carol then threatens more violence, telling him, I'll give you a dumpling. Mm. So why, why in any fucking, why would you, oh, we'll just pay for our own damage. You're good. <laughs> exactly. Who the Thank fuck you. would do that? Nobody. Right. Unless like somebody's carrying like drugs or has like a, a warrant or something. But I mean, that's not like they didn't have plastic bumpers like they do now. And it's not just like a little tiny scratch. Like that was a lot of damage. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I'm surprised Mike said, well, Mike says, you know, it would have been wiser to report it. But as long as you both agreed, no, it would have been wiser to report it, period. Like it's too fucking late now. You fucked up. This is going to cost us hundreds of dollars right. instead of like costing nothing. I, well, I'm not like I'm, whatever, like the, you know. The fucking, what's that called when you got to pay a certain amount? A deductible. Yeah. Depending on whatever the deductible is, you know, it's like, come on. Um, I tried. I even have a note in there that says C notes. You see that? Yeah. I What I tried to do, um, I actually reached out. <laughs> I felt stupid. I reached you out don't. to a to a, um, a body shop. <laughs> really? That's and awesome. I, and I took screenshots of this <laughs> to ask them if they could determine how much it would cost to get this car fixed. Did you really? Yeah, but they never got back to me. They never told me. Oh, damn. I tried. But you may though. remember a couple of weeks ago, I posted on Facebook and I was like, any, are there anybody, any body shop friends? That's what that was all about. Let's- I don't think I... I don't think I ever saw that post. No, okay. Well, I tried. I really did. I really wanted to get a, a legit quote on this car to see how much it would cost. <laughs> Just post the screenshots. Go. This is I'm a damage to my car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fix it. <clears throat> Something. That's Scene awesome. Scene five. 
Yeah, this is also the episode that you have a massive one coming up. So, anyways. Oh yeah, like literally not a joke one. Like a no, really it's not a joke. One. It's huge. <laughs> Scene five in the den. We see Greg on the phone talking to Eddie. He tells Eddie that he has a problem about tonight. That he has no wheels. <laughs> Eddie asks, "How come?" Greg t- Greg tells him that his mom got in an accident with the car and smashed the taillight, and the folks are going to use his dad's car. He then asks if he can drive. Eddie replies, no chance. When Greg hears this, he asks if Dave can. Hey, question. Yeah. Do you remember who Eddie is? Did we ever see Eddie? I thought Eddie was the person he bought the car from. Thank you. No, I thought Eddie was the one he was trying to sell the car to. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, Because yeah. I remember the voice sounded familiar, and I was like, that's yeah. the dude he was trying to sell the car to, I think. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, got any got a car? And he's like, fuck no, you wouldn't fucking sell it to me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. We then switch to Marsha and Jan in the living room, who are looking at some groovy pants in a magazine. <laughs> but the magazine doesn't say where you can get them from. Don't you hate it when that happens, Tech? Where you're like, wow, that guy looks really hot in them pants. I want to buy something. And they don't tell you where the <laughs> fuck to get them from? Mm-hmm. Marsha has... Week. What's that? Every week that happens to me. Yeah, right? Marsha has the idea to call a friend that has a pair to see where she got them. <clears throat> As Marsha picks up the receiver for for all the younger kids, that's the, the on the old school phones. <laughs> that's the part you talk into and stuff. Um, and if somebody in the house is on the phone, you can just pick it up and listen to their call. Yeah, you can. You can eavesdrop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but when Marsha picks up the receiver, she hears Greg and Eddie talking. She hears Eddie say, "No offense to your mother, but women sure are dumb drivers." <laughs> <laughs> no offense to your mother. Yeah. <laughs> Marsha can't help herself as she butts in asking, what do you mean women drivers are dumb? No, that's not what she says. I totally paraphrase that shit. What do you mean women are dumb drivers? Greg confused asks, who's that? <laughs> God? <laughs> is that you, God? Where's Who that voice that? coming from? <laughs> Jan completely lost, not, <laughs> I'm sorry, Jan, I'm going to say this right now. Jan cracked me the hell up in the scene. <laughs> Holy shit. I was crying. I was laughing so hard. Um, <laughs> Jan completely lost, not knowing what Greg, not knowing Greg was already on the phone, asked Marsha, who are you talking to? <laughs> Eddie getting frustrated asks, who's on the phone, Greg? Greg answers, it sounds like Marsha. Marsha butts in again saying, oh, it's Marsha. All right. And men are even dumber drivers. Oh, good point. Poor Jan is still lost amongst (laughs) all of this asking in a high pitched voice. Who are you talking to? (laughs) (laughs) Because as far as Jan's concerned, she just picked up the phone. Like she's just talking. talking. Yeah. (laughs) Marsha simply waves her hand, telling her to shush. As Eddie says, (laughs) no one is dumber than a woman driver. Marsha asks, are you listening, Eddie? When Eddie says, yeah, Marsha replies, well, listen to this and slams the phone down. <laughs> As Marsha leaves the room in a half, Jan is still confused asking, <laughs> who's Eddie? And how come you hung up on Eddie after telling him to listen? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That shit cracked me up. Her delivery on that was spot on. That was perfect. 
switching back to Greg, we hear him say, listen, Eddie, I'm sure we can get this. But is interrupted by Marsha walking into the family room. Marsha comes around the corner in Greg's face telling him, for the record, that accident was not mom's fault. It was the dumb man driver's fault. And with her mm. eyes wide with anger, she leaves yet again in a huff. Greg goes back to the phone call with Eddie telling him, yeah, that was my sister, Eddie. She's like, you have a sister named Eddie? Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was my sister, Eddie. That's, that's my name. <laughs> when Eddie asks which one, Greg replies, the one you said you wanted to ask out for a date. Mm. But with a click. Eddie hangs up the phone. Oh. <clears throat> so why can't they use the car and it's not drivable? Well, I, I guess the, the taillight got damaged, so they can't drive it uh, until taillights are I guess. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. D- dude, I, once again, Jan, like, kudos to Jan. She had me cracking my shit up. Like, it was so <laughs> funny. Um, <clears throat> so apparently Greg has never been hung up on because he says hello like three times <laughs> after he's been hung up. <laughs> hello? It's like the Adam Sandler skit where like the beeping comes on because it's been off the hook too long. And he's like, who is that? Why are you beeping? <laughs> like, it's how Greg's asking. <laughs> and now comes the marathon scene. Yeah, this is like really is a marathon scene. Seriously, for so. real. Yeah. Scene six. Down in the living room, we see Mike dressed up in a suit looking at his watch. Their doorbell rings as he calls to Carol upstairs saying they're going to be late. Carol replies, I'm on my way. Mike goes to answer the door, and it's a man in a blue sports coat and a paisley shirt. The man asks, Mr. Brady? Mike replies, yes. The man invites himself inside the house, (laughs) introducing himself as Harry Dugan, the fellow that had the accident with your wife this afternoon. Mike, who's in a hurry and frankly surprised, he simply walked into his house, tells him, come on in, Mr. Dugan. Mr. Dugan comments on how lovely the place is. Mike thanks him. But Mr. Dugan notices Mike looking at his watch and asks him if he caught them at a bad time. Mike tells him that him and Carol are going out. Just then Carol comes down the stairs and spots Mr. Dugan with a glare. Mr. Dugan tells Mike it won't take but a minute and that him and Mike can settle this man to man. If you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And I think you do. Hell yeah. You hear what I, you smell what I'm cooking and I think <laughs> you want to play. Yeah. No, I don't know. <laughs> Mike confused tells him no I don't know what you mean Mr. Dugan simply unzips his fly No (laughs) Mr. Dugan replies You know women drivers Carol overhears all of this And butts in with a Woman drivers Mr. Dugan not seeing Carol Is surprised and greets her With a oh good evening Mrs. Brady (laughs) (laughs) That's why Sorry. Mr. Dugan tells Mike and Carol that his car had to be towed from the scene of the accident to a shop. Mike, whose bullshit detector is starting to pipe up, says, From what my wife told me, there wasn't much damage to done to your car, Mr. Dugan. Mr. Dugan tells him, as a matter of fact, she banged up my car pretty bad. Carol, getting upset, can't help herself and asks, Pretty bad? <laughs> But Mr. Dugan came prepared pulling out an itemized list of the damage done to his car and what it'll cost Mrs. Brady to fix it. Carol, who seems shocked at all this, reminds him that they both agreed to fix their own cars. But Mr. Dugan pulls out the used car salesman vibe asking, 
Why should I agree to a thing like that? After all, it wasn't my fault. Carol, not having any part of this, says, Well, it certainly wasn't my fault. Mr. Dugan, somehow thinking that Mike will listen to him over his own wife, speaks up, saying, Well, I think you should hear my side of the story, Mr. Brady. Carol, not understanding where Mr. Dugan is coming from, tells him she already told Mike everything. Mike stops Carol and asks, What is your side, Mr. Dugan? Now, 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 I won't have any of that now. <laughs> Mr. Dugan begins explaining that he was doing some heavy marketing for his wife. And being a woman, she's a little frail. <laughs> but Carol stops him right there saying, Excuse me, Mr. Dugan, frail is one thing that I am not. Mr. Dugan, perhaps getting frustrated at the interruption, says, Well, I'd like to get into my side of the story without any interruptions. Mike, growing weary of all this, says, Well, uh, get on with it, Mr. Dugan. Mr. Dugan continues, Well, I came down, got in my car, started the engine, checked my rear window, and saw it was clear, and I just started to back out slowly, when all of a sudden, she came <laughs> screaming out of her parking place and banged right into me. Obviously, she didn't look back. During this explanation, Bobby and Cindy, who were present, are seen at the top of the stairs, taking all this in with somewhat concerned looks on their faces. Carol begins to defend herself, saying, But Mike, do something! <laughs> no. But Mike, he couldn't have looked back because I was moving first. But Mr. Dugan retorts, saying, Oh no, you didn't look back because I was moving first. And they both begin to argue. Mike stops the nonsense, tells him that this part is a standoff, and as long as the same amount of damage done to your cars. But Mr. Dugan speaks up yet again, saying, same amount of damage? Are you kidding me? He then hands him a paper, saying, read this. Mike begins reading. Smashed rear taillight. Crushed fender. Replace muffler. Repaint left side. Realign the frame. Mike then reads the amount and yells, How much? Mr. Dugan calmly says, $295.11, but continues saying, Of course, there's some other minor things that I didn't mind taking care of myself. Carol, seeing that con artistry at work, asks, Like what, refurnishing your house? She then turns to Mike and tells him that it just isn't true. Mr. Dugan then turns up the con artist, asking, Mrs. Brady, are you suggesting that I'm lying? <laughs> Carol answers, and very badly too. Mr. Dugan turns to Mike and says, Well, Mr. Brady, you're going to have to believe one of our stories, and I guess it'll be hers. I see who wears the pants in this family. Ooh. Ooh. Mike calmly tells Mr. Dugan, You better leave before I toss you out in the seat of yours. Mr. Dugan asks Mike, are you threatening me? Bodily harm? Mike says, yeah, out. <laughs> Before leaving, Mr. Dugan points at Mike and says, you haven't heard the last of this. I'm going to sue you and I'll see you in court. Dun, dun, dun. And leaves in a huff. Carol yells back, my pleasure. After Mr. Dugan leaves, Carol begins to vent to Mike saying, of all the nerve, that, that chisler? What? That was the word she used. Yeah, I've never heard okay. of it before. Huh. Mike calmly and rationally tries to explain what's going 
on <laughs> to Carol saying he's obviously trying to use the accident to get a whole lot of other repairs done on his car. At this point, Bobby and Cindy have made their way down the stairs. Carol says, oh, Mike, do you think he really means it about taking me to court? Mike says, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you hear I think him? he means it. He was right. pissed. You yeah. heard him, right? <laughs> I mean, I know I was closer to him, so I probably heard it first, but like, you heard it, right? <laughs> How funny would it be if like the door met up and it was Mr. Dugan like, ah, just fuck with you. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> At this point, Bobby and Cindy step forward with a, Mom, Dad, could we talk to you for a second? Cindy says, we heard what you said. Would we have to go to court too? (laughs) Mike thinks about it for a moment and says, yeah, you probably go to jail too if you lie. (laughs) You're probably going to go to the electric chair. (laughs) (laughs) He goes, well, yes, you might. Carol chuckles. As if this is all a lighthearted joke and says, oh, Mike, (laughs) you don't really think they'd have to go to court, do you? But Mike answers with seriousness saying, honey, they were witnesses. That's perfectly legal. There's children in court every day. You're you're not new to this country, right? (laughs) Carol, seeing that Cindy is getting scared, turns to her and says, Honey, there's nothing to be afraid of. All you have to do is tell the truth. Bobby seems surprised, asks, We do? (laughs) Mike replies, Of course, especially in court. Cindy asks, The exact truth? Mike, smelling some bullshit, asks, Say, listen, uh, what's going on here? Cindy and Bobby look at each other for a moment. Finally, Bobby says, Well, before we go to court, We're thinking you ought to know something. Mike nervously asks, what's that? Bobby nervously continues, well, maybe the accident was mom's fault. Carol asks, my fault? Carol continues and says, we didn't see you look back, just like the man said. Mike looks concerned and asks, are you sure? Bobby firmly states that they're sure, then turns to Carol and says, sorry, mom. Mike tells the two of them to go upstairs a fucking bit. No. Carol turns to Mike and once again chuckles like this is some sort of a fucking joke saying, gee, Mike, I don't know what to say. Mike, who's already thinking of how to get out of this, says, honey, now listen. Are you sure you look before you, but is interrupted by Carol giving him a look. But Mike powers on saying, now, wait a minute. Maybe you just think you did. (laughs) Carol, now getting mad that nobody seems to believe her, says, <laughs> I was going to make a joke, but <laughs> I am mad that nobody believes me. <laughs> what? That would be funny if it said, Carol, now getting mad that nobody seems to believe her, says, I am mad because nobody seems to believe me. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Carol, now getting mad that nobody seems to believe her, says, <laughs> I am positive that I look back. Mike, listening to reason, asks, then how do you explain the kids? Carol, realizing what Mike is saying, sits on the couch and says, I can't. She looks up at Mike, seemingly in defeat, and asks, oh, Mike, do something. Oh, Mike, what am I going to do? Mr. Dugan's going to take me to court, and my own kids are going to have to testify against me. Hmm. 
It did it. In my opinion, the first clue should have been how Mr. Dugan just fucking let himself in. <laughs> he just fucking walks in the house. As soon as it happened, I'm like, all right, yeah, I see what's going on. Um, <laughs> why does Carol take offense to Mr. Dugan's wife being frail? What? Yeah, because she's he's like, well, I was doing some heavy shopping for my wife. My wife's frail. And she's like, well, listen here. I'm not frail. This is one girl that's not... But she wasn't. He wasn't fucking talking about you. You're not married to him. <laughs> like, why are you getting mad about that? He's saying his wife is frail. Like, that could mean that she's sick for all she knows. Like, so that kind of irritated me a little bit. Um, yeah. No. Um, notice Carol said, "Quote: He couldn't have looked back because I was moving first. Yeah. Um, neither one was looking <laughs> because neither." knows for sure if the other one looked or not. This whole scene kind of grated on my nerves a little bit. Um, so I, my my note on that was Carol needs you to shut the fuck up and listen to what's going on <laughs> instead of just insisting on what she thinks is right. But anyway, that's just me bitching. Um, she pretty much, like I think Mike knows this, she pretty much pissed that guy off into suing them. Yeah. Like, and then she's yelling shit like like all white trash. Like, see you in court. My pleasure. Like, what? Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> they had Walmart all the way back then? Jesus. <laughs> Walmart. <laughs> um, you, can, you can also tell that this guy um, has done this before, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, what the fuck is Chisler? That's another note I had. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no idea what that means. <laughs> um, my, fir- my, my first, one of my first thoughts on this is, why didn't they just, didn't ask Marsha? Marsha's only a year out from driving. Yep. She was probably watching Carol, you know, to get used to driving anyway. She would have been the prime person to see what was going on. It's true. But also, did this guy look familiar to you? Yeah, for sure. I don't know from what, though. Wait, well, do you want me to tell you? Please, <laughs> enlighten me. He was on the Adams family as Uncle Fester. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Huh. That's and if cool. you go back and watch it now that I told you it, you're like, holy shit, that is Uncle <laughs> Fester. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, <clears throat> why was Carol dressed like Little Orphan Annie? That's <laughs> part of the episode. I don't know. She had, yeah, because they were going out. That's how she's going to dress? Yeah. But, know. yeah, she was dressed just like Little Orphan Annie. Wow. Yeah. So two hundred ninety-five dollars and eleven cents. Do you know the conversion for I do the nineteen seventy-two to twenty twenty-one money? I'm gonna say um, fifteen hundred dollars. Fifteen hundred. Yeah. Ooh, so close! It is nineteen hundred dollars and fifty-three cents. Hmm. Okay. Not a bad guess, though. Boom. And if they had my insurance, they would have to pay a thousand of that before. <laughs> Scene seven. We now see Mike and Carol upstairs getting ready for bed. Ooh. Ooh. Carol puts something something in the something. She puts something. <laughs> Carol puts something in the dresser and closes the drawer. Carol begins talking, saying, Those poor kids, they must be terribly upset. Mike answers, Yeah. Especially when we've always told them to be truthful. Hmm. Carol crosses to her vanity saying, yeah, well, 
I guess there's only one thing we can do, and that's give Mr. Dugan his $295. (laughs) (laughs) Is that like, really, Carol? I guess, sorry, I guess we just have to pay it. I guess I'll just pretend like I'm guilty. Um, Mike continues. (laughs) She's so stupid. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It ain't her money. She'll give a shit. I'll just give him. Mike, you have him. Why don't you just write a check? Like, what the hell? Just pay him. That way we can just go shopping that day. (laughs) Mike continues, and 11 cents. Carol continues saying, we just couldn't put the kids through that, making them appear in court. Mike simply (laughs) says, well, I agree. It's pretty bad having your own kids testify against you. (laughs) Carol adds, well, it wouldn't exactly make the PTA nominate me mother of the year. (laughs) Oh, Carol, nothing would. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's so cute you would think you even are in the running <laughs> Mike tells her that <laughs> Mike tells her that he'll tell the kids in the morning they'll be delighted Carol thinks for a moment and says you know what makes me absolutely furious <laughs> that Dugan is going to think that I'm finally admitting that I was lying <laughs> Mike always being the voice of reason says oh honey don't think about it let's forget all about him and Hope we never see him again. Hmm. Mike then crosses to go into the bathroom, but is called back by Carol saying, Mike, hmm. when Mike walks back, she asks him, you don't think I'm lying, do you? Mike is like, no. What? Okay. Like I do. <laughs> <laughs> he says, no, I don't. As soon as Mike reaches the bathroom door, he's called back again by Carol. He sighs and walks back to Carol, who asks, you do believe me? Mike (laughs) chuckles and says, of course I do. And begins to walk back yet again to the bathroom, but begins to get pissed when he's (laughs) called back a third time by Carol, calling his name. She once again waits for her husband to walk back all the way (laughs) with a full (laughs) bladder, simply to ask, you're not just saying that because you're my husband, are you? Mike answers, no, sweetheart, I'm not. Mike reaches the bathroom door and stops, turns with a look on his face. Carol turns in confusion and asks, what's the matter? Mike explains, well, I was just waiting for you to stop me again. (laughs) It was kind of a fun little bit. It was good timing. I mean, I don't know how many times, how long it took him to time it just right. I mean, I got a feeling with Robert Reed, I think that shit was effortless. I think he just... Knew how to work with people. Mm-hmm. Um, but why is Carol brushing her mullet before she goes to bed? Like, what's the purpose? Like, it's That's just going to get messed do. up. Yeah, but it's just going to get messed up when you go to bed. What's the point? Yeah, well. <laughs> um, but why Why is Mike leaving his kids stressing like longer than he should? He doesn't think that his kids are probably going to have a hard time sleeping thinking that they got to testify against their mom. Like he doesn't, it doesn't hit him at all to go in there and be like, it's literally across the hall to go in there and be like, listen guys, don't worry about it. We're just going to pay him, get a good night's sleep. You're not going to have to testify. But instead Hmm. he's like, ah, fuck it. They're kids. There was a, it'll, it'll, it'll build character. Just let them sleep. They're going to put their mom in jail. (laughs) Okay. (sighs) So this is where we take our next break. All right. So Carol had a little fender bender and decided to not report it. 
Hmm. Now she's in a heap of trouble with some sleazy guy trying to sue her. Hmm. Will he get away with attack? Hmm. Or will Carol have to pay up? Hmm. We will find out. Yes. Because we'll be back. Hey guys, if you love a very Brady podcast, then go online and check out the T Public merch store. They got everything in there. They got t-shirts, coffee mugs, uh, hoodies, stickers, magnets, uh, pillows, and there's so many different t-shirt designs to choose from, from tanks to v-necks. If you want it, they got it. So go on there, check it out, order a t-shirt today or a magnet or a sticker. If not for yourself, get one for that Brady Bunch fan in your life. And guys, let me tell you, I ordered a couple of t-shirts to come in so I can check out the quality myself. And I got to tell you, I'm quite impressed. And I'm a bit of a t-shirt snob. It's got to be just right, the right thinness of material. Pretty similar to like like t-shirts that you get like at Target. It's very thin, very comfortable material. These guys over at Public definitely know what they're doing. And you want to talk about t-shirt colors? Of course, I only wear black all the time because it's slimming. But you can get pretty much any color under the sun. So go online to the Public merch store. The link is in the description of this episode. And always remember, have a sunshine day. This episode of A Very Brady Podcast is brought to you by Fun.com. The best place on the web to find officially licensed gifts, clothing, costumes, toys, and more. Fun.com also offers a variety of exclusive products that they make themselves and you won't find anywhere else. Search great brands like Star Wars, Marvel, DC, Ghostbusters, Back to the Future, Care Bears, and many more. Click the Fun.com link in today's show notes to see the latest products and also save 10% site-wide through August 7th, 2021. Your savings is automatically added to your cart, so just click and shop. Fun.com, your go-to destination for exciting and unique gifts. are back mm-hmm. man that was a good one that was the good one that's a good one hmm. so in this episode they talk about going to court yeah have you ever had to go to court i have a couple times have you ever served on a jury duty no i've never I've been asked to. or nothing me too yeah i got asked one time and um and I, I was kind of excited about it. And I brought like my phone and my iPad and I had it all charged and everything. And I'm sitting there like, Ooh, ooh I'm going to see like, I'm going to be like, I object. You know what I mean? I'm thinking of all the shit I can do and everything. And, um, <laughs> and I'm you sitting there in front of the mirror and what's like, that? I object. No, I object. <laughs> like you can't handle the truth. <laughs> um, motion carries. You're trying all this different stuff in a mirror. And it's like in down here, they give you, I want to say it goes by numbers or something. And they're yep. like, everybody from numbers this to this, go ahead and stand up. And I'm all excited. I'm like, I stand up really slowly and people are looking at me. I'm like, this is so cool. And I'm like waving <laughs> to people and shit like, what's up? And he's like, you're dismissed. I'm like, oh, 
And I'd gotten there at eight in the morning. Yeah. And like, this was at like eight 45. <laughs> damn. I'm like, well, well, damn it. And then what sucked is I worked second shift. I, my shift at, at work at the time was three 30 to two in the morning. Yeah. And I had to wake up to be at the courthouse at eight in the morning. And them a holes didn't even need me. <laughs> I'm like, I would have been the most kick-ass jury member and you're going to miss out because you're going to let me go home. Yeah. So I was pissed. Some people would be happy to hear that and say you got lucky. Because yeah, I've heard of people waiting around all day long to tell them they were finally dismissed. Those people but are dingleberries. Dingleberries. A <laughs> friend of mine served on a, on a jury duty for a murder. It was like a two week long trial and they put her up in a hotel and stuff. She couldn't go home and all this kind of stuff. And she said it was fascinating. She told me, she's like, I would do that full time if they let me. She's like, I loved it. That would be so awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> I would love to be on a jury of like a murder trial. Oh my God. It'd be so good. But I mean, like, can remember you... when the Casey Anthony shit was going on? I fucking glued to the TV every day. Yeah. Shit. But like, I mean, there's some stuff like, like there was a guy of, out of Coeur d'Alene, Iowa that kidnapped. He, first of all, he broke into a house and shot up the entire family kidnapping. I think a seven year old girl and a five year old boy took him out in the woods and d- did things that I'm not even going to attempt to talk about on this. Um, and the boy ended up dying. He brought the girl back and dropped her off at like a Denny's or something where he was arrested and they captured her. Um, and I mean, she had lost her basically her entire family, but he recorded some of the stuff he did to the little boy, like hmm. with a camera and the jury yeah. members had to watch it. Yeah. And they said two of the jury members vomited in the middle of the courtroom and had to walk out. Like they said, it was ridiculous how hard it was to watch these videos. So those are the kind of things I wouldn't want to do. Right. I would not have to want to watch that. No, that's terrible. I did have to go to court for <clears throat> when I, when we used to work at Ron John surf shop, mm. um, I was working the night shift with, uh, Eric On the night shift. <laughs> and, uh, John, our friends mm-hmm. and uh, from Tank Eric Hunt. was my manager yeah. and uh, John was the head of security. And right. uh, I, we had caught a couple of shoplifters. Yeah. And uh, so I was working the checkout with them. And um, so we caught them and then we ended up having to go to court for it. And so me, John and Eric are fucking dressed to the nines in the courtroom. All wearing suits. <laughs> We're all fucking sexy. I'm going to admit yeah. it. I'll say it. So we had to go to court and then this guy and girl, the couple, the, the dudes were literally wearing like shorts and fucking baggy ass ah. t-shirt. And, and she's like, I don't know, wearing like these fucking short shorts and they just look like complete trash and garbage. Yeah. And, um, so it was really funny because, uh, the judge, you know, they tried to, we didn't steal nothing. We didn't do it. You know? And then. Our side, you know, like we literally have like camera footage that shows them stealing and walking out and and the judge is like talking um, to them. And then the defendant guy is like, he goes, well, I want to ask Mr. Tech something. (laughs) And uh, and so as he's turning to talk to me, the judge is just like, I don't have time for this shit. You're fucking guilty case closed or whatever <laughs> you're gonna pay but and the guy didn't even fucking know he just lost and uh and so and we we're like all right let me just walk down <laughs> and then he was like what happened what i just missed so, so the kid wanted to, to ask you a question 
the kid, the guy who was like, caught shoplifting. Oh, I thought girlfriend. it was like his attorney or something like that. Okay. No, no, no. It was like they were representing themselves. You know. I went and, to. Uh, I I had to go to court one time. Can't remember why. Something probably my brother. And um, my sister was mad because she didn't see Judge Wapner. Because she thought that like Judge Wapner was apparently the only judge, and he <laughs> happened to be in our house. Dude, she was like sixteen. <laughs> I'm not kidding. You can ask Kelly about it. I was. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, let's get back into this. Um, hold on, hold on. Yeah, real quickly. Okay. Sorry. Um, before, because when you get to court, you're there a little early, so you get to see kind of a case or two before mm-hmm. yours. And uh, the the case that I was watching before that was really funny because, um, it was a guy that got busted for gambling and, his, <laughs> and it's so fucking oh, dumb not, it's like really <laughs> and the, like who gets in trouble for gambling like nobody unless you got like this big sting operation going on where you charge like millions of dollars going in and out of somewhere you right. know but um <laughs> it was so funny because all these attorneys and shit they know each other you know mm-hmm. and um and the defendant's attorney was like your Honor, this is the stupidest case I've ever seen. Why would somebody be in court for gambling when I happen to know for a fact and pointing to the the other attorney going <laughs> that he has poker games at his house every freaking weekend, <laughs> but yet my defendant is sitting here on charge for it. And you know, I was like, this is dumb, you know. And I was like, damn, she just called him out. Wow. <laughs> That's hilarious. But anyway, <laughs> all right, That's we'll get back into it. Okay. When we left off, Carol and Mike were threatened to be sued by some sleazy guy who Carol hit with her car. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. You're assuming blame here. Yeah. Oh, well, I saw it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're just like, yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Uncle Fester. Come on. <laughs> will everything be okay, Tack? Or will they <laughs> be seeing Judge Wapner? <laughs> Or Judge Judy, or insert judge. Well, let's find out. All right. Scene eight. Up in the boys' room, we see Peter pounding. What is he pounding? Oh, he's pounding (laughs) on the bathroom door. Peter pounding. That's what we're going to call it now. (laughs) He's Peter pounding on the bathroom door. You're going to go Peter pound? I'm going to do some Peter pounding. Sorry. It's like that American Dad episode where the kid's like, I'm going to go hit the sack, and then after that, I'm going to go to bed. (laughs) Beat that shit Uh, with money. (laughs) Anyway, we hear Bobby inside saying to go away. Peter argues that he has to brush his teeth, too, then calls Bobby a little creep. As the camera pans out, we see Greg laying on his bed reading. He rolls his eyes and asks Peter to stop calling Bobby a little creep. Peter changes it up to Benedict Arnold. Greg replies, oh, Peter, that was Marsha 16 episodes ago. (laughs) (laughs) They love the Benedict Arnold references in this show, man. Greg tells Peter that Bobby is no traitor. He's in a bind. (laughs) Well, is that why he's sitting on the toilet for so long? (laughs) Peter, who's obviously running off pure emotion, tells Greg that he shouldn't testify against his own mother. Mm. Greg, using logic... Says, she's not even our mom, dude. (laughs) Greg, using logic. You're not my real mom. (laughs) Asks what else he can do. Peter quickly replies, lots of things. Greg challenges this, asking, like what? 
Peter thinks for a moment, and when he doesn't get anywhere, he yells at the door. Maybe he could run away from home. Bobby simply yells, leave me alone. I wish it was the dinosaur. Greg simply looks at Peter and tells him to just go to sleep. Peter, feeling like all this is useless, say he may as well. Bobby's not going to let him in there. The boys say goodnight as Peter climbs into bed. Peter yells out to Bobby, night creep, but meets the wrath of Greg throwing a pillow at him. Peter then laughs at Greg and says, great, now I have two pillows. So I don't understand. Why is it so bad to call him a creep? I don't know. I think you're is just that saying like a don't curse word in the, in the 70s? <laughs> I think you're just saying don't pick on him. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I mean, Mike can be like, it's six o'clock in the goddamn morning. But like, like people can't call him a creep. Um, right. It sounds like like Bobby's crying. Hmm. I mean, in his the tone of his voice, it sounds like he's crying. So I kind of like how Greg is being sympathetic. I kind of like yeah. how Greg puts his foot down. He's like, hey, come on. Hold on a second. He's actually going through a lot right now. Leave him alone. So. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Right. Scene nine. Over in the girls' room, we somehow see Marsha coming out of the bathroom that Peter was just <laughs> locked out of. Hmm. Hmm. She goes to Cindy saying, oh, come on, Cindy. You should be sleeping. Cindy replies, I know. Jan asks Cindy, what's the matter? Cindy reasons she should probably tell these two gossip mongers what's wrong. So she, so she begins telling them that her and Bobby got mom in trouble. Marcia seems confused and asked, what are you talking about? Cindy continues. The man mom had the accident with is going to sue her. Marcia hmm. seems surprised and perhaps a little angry as she asks, sue mom. Cindy continues again, telling them both that her and Bobby have to be witnesses in court since they were in the car. Marsha reasons that she'll have to be a witness too. Jan, still confused, asked, <laughs> who's Eddie? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> Jan, Why did you hang up? <laughs> Jan, still confused, asked how her and Bobby got mom in trouble. Cindy answers because they said it was mom's fault. Cindy feels helpless as she slumps into bed asking, what am I going to do? Marsha says, for one, get glasses. Marsha storms out of the room. In a huff. Mm. You know, it really would have been funny if they had kind of settled down the bed and then it lights go out. And it's just quiet for a minute. And you just hear Jane go, Marsha? Yeah. Like, so why did you say listen and hang up again? <laughs> that would have been hilarious. So, like, yeah. It's, is that like George Glass? Like, Eddie? Is that what that is? Like, it's cool. I mean, I understand. I, I get it. <clears throat> um, and then Marsha throws a pillow at Jan and Jan's like, hi, now I got two. <laughs> they start making out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I thought that's where you're going with that. Um, no. Well, that's what happened with Peter and Greg. Oh, in yeah. The other well, room. they didn't start making out. <laughs> um, <laughs> So Marsha probably feels so left out. This is no shit, right? She was all this has blown up. They're going to court. This guy's so and she's like, wait a minute. Like I was in the front seat. I'm almost almost holding up the drive. Like, why has nobody talked to me about this? Exactly. And then Marsha busts out. There's a little fender bender, and they say, you know, everybody's in court, they're getting sued, they're gonna lose the house. And like, 
What happened yeah, now? Marsha's as confused as Jan is about the phone call. Like, she's just so lost. But also, Marsha busting out with the glasses, Joe. Like, I didn't put that in to be funny. Like, she said that. She's like, first of all, get glasses. I'm like, damn. Hmm. You're as blind as fucking four eyes over there. That's, that's, she might as well should have said that. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, but the, I put that, that in the notes. Like, she did that with Jan standing in the room wearing her glasses. <laughs> <laughs> so get some fucking glasses like god <laughs> i thought i was messed up yeah scene 10 in the master bedroom you know where the magic happens Heck yeah carol and mike are lying in bed both reading a book mike notices that carol seems preoccupied and tells her there's no use stewing about it all night carol sarcastically tells him she's not stewing she's reading and then begins trying to sound out the word the. <laughs> Mike points to the book and tells her that she's been on page 124 for 30 minutes and also points out that it's not reading, it's stewing. <laughs> just then there's a knock at the door. It's Marsha. She comes in saying she just heard that the man is going to sue her over the accident. Carol tells her he was, but they're not going to court. Marcia seems offended, asking why not. Mike tries to dismiss it, saying it's a little complicated. Marcia speaks up, saying if it's because of Bobby and Cindy, they're wrong. It wasn't Mom's fault. This is when Mike finds out that Marcia was also in the car, too, and explains why he hadn't talked to her about it yet. <laughs> Marcia confirms that, you know, it's not, Mike is not a detective, right? Right, right. He he really can only go by the facts given to him. And you would think like the car had I had an accident, who is in the car with you would be like the number one thing. <laughs> and like and so like and she nobody ever mentioned Marsha was with me too. Yeah. And and even you know, so it's like I don't know. But I mean there's also the fact that Carol's a fucking adult, man. She's an adult. Like, this isn't Greg. This isn't Marsha. This isn't Peter learning to drive. It's Carol. Like, she's an adult. Yeah. Like, why can't she handle her own shit? Why is Mike even involved with this? <laughs> well, I can see getting a little involved to, like, pick up any slack maybe that somebody forgot about. But, but I mean, this is like not ass like main stuff. facts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is like, I mean, he might as well help Carol wash her hands, too. Like, it's ridiculous. I mean, the level he has to get involved with. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Anyway, you're right. Marcia confirms that she was in the car and saw Carol look back. Mike stops to think and says, now, wait a minute. How could four of you have been in a car and two of you see one thing and the other two see another? Marcia replies, honestly saying, I don't know, but asks if there's something she can do. Mike says there is. He can get an ice bag because he wasn't in the accident, but is getting a headache. Hmm. You know Mike wanted to turn around to Carol and be like, are you fucking kidding me? Is there anything else you didn't tell me? Like, <laughs> like he's going to walk he's on to the other waiting. side and see more damage. What the fuck is this? Like, like, <laughs> 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 was like there was a body. <laughs> Sorry, I can't think of anything funny, but see, this would be uh. the perfect time for Carol to go to the store and just like go shopping and blow a bunch of money. <laughs> because Mike would be so pissed off about the car and he'd be like, Oh, by the way, I went shopping. I don't give a shit about shopping right now. The car's damaged. 
Okay. Hmm. Um, I would think that they would believe Marsha. Like I had made that point before. Like, like I'm. Su- I guess I'm surprised that Carol didn't come up to this conclusion too. Like, okay, Bobby and Cindy. Okay, blah blah blah. But Marsha's going to be driving soon. She's probably already studying to get her license or at least paying attention. Why would they not ask her opinion? That doesn't make any sense to me at all. Mm-hmm. Well. In Mike's favor, he didn't know Marsh was in the car. Exactly. But, I mean, Carol... It, uh, <sighs> you would think, like, Carol would immediately go, Marsha, what did you see? Right. Like, you would think nope. down in the living room, she would have said, now, hold on a second. My daughter was in the front seat. She can attest to it. Marsha, get down here. Right. That tells me that, like, Carol has no respect for Marsha. She has no respect for Marsha. She's on her brain either because she ain't thinking for herself. She relies <laughs> on Mike. <laughs> it's so freaking annoying. <laughs> All right. Scene 11. In the kitchen, we see Alice at the fridge getting milk with Cindy sitting at the table eating or more playing with her food. Alice <laughs> sees her not eating and comes to her, puts the milk down, saying to cheer up and that her folks will figure a way out of this somehow. Cindy, who obviously is worried about the whole snitches get stitches thing, says, <laughs> yes, but what if they don't? <laughs> then Bobby and I will have to go to court. Alice, trying to keep an open mind, says, well, maybe not. Cindy gets worried again, saying, the judge swears at you. Alice, seeing the confusion, says, where did you hear that bullshit? Uh, I mean, I mean, no, sweetie. He swears you in. But this mm-hmm. doesn't make her feel any better. As she says, it sounds just as just as bad. Alice sits down to counsel Cindy, explaining to her that, it's just not as bad. Alice explains that she's never been in court herself, but she's what you call an amateur expert anyways. When Cindy asks how Alice tells her it's from watching television and that she's learned a lot from the bold ones and Owen Marshall. Hmm. So have you ever heard of those two shows that I have not. You're going to learn. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> um, <clears throat> notes. Notes. Okay. <clears throat> Owen Marshall. I looked up just some random facts about Owen Marshall. Well, we'll start with the bold ones. That's the smaller one of the two. The bold ones, um, some interesting, like I was looking at basically the cast members. Anybody interesting on it? The bold ones had the father from A Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, okay. One of the episodes had Le- Leslie Nielsen in it. Uh, William Shatner. Hmm. Don Johnson was on an episode. Hmm. Richard Dreyfus was on an episode. Milton Burrell was on an episode. Sorry. Who? Milton Burrell. Oh, okay. And Vic Morrow. If you know anything about Vic Morrow, it's tragic. I don't story. know what it is. You ever seen, um, oh, we're not going to get into that right now. I'll tell you after. Um, <laughs> and then Owen Marshall had one episode directed by Steven Spielberg before he was a big director. Mm-hmm. It guest cool. starred Lee Majors, Mark Hamill, William Shatner, mm. Fair Fawcett, Dick Sargent, Miss Bliss herself, Patty Duke, right, Dak? No, that's wrong. Um, also, I put on there. <laughs> we thank got you. corrected on that. I put on there. Thank you, Emma Kate, for setting t- straight on that. Um, <laughs> Wayne Newton was on an episode. Um, Louis Gossett Jr., Robert Urich, Pat Boone, John Denver, but sixteen hmm. days before this episode of the Brady Bunch aired, an episode yeah. of Owen Milch, Owen Marshall aired called Shine a Light on Me, starring one Jackie Coogan, who also played okay. Uncle Fester in Adam's Family. 
who would want to play Mr. Dugan in this episode. Oh, nice little detective work. Wow. Yes. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Two weeks before. So he was probably on here some kind of crossover thing. Um, Hmm. And she expects to pass the bar on the Perry Mason reruns. Hmm. Cindy somehow, hopeful, asks, so you mean Cord is just like it is on TV? Hmm. Alice begins telling Cindy what Cord is like, even though she's never been. She (laughs) tells Cindy that the judge walks in and you stand. Then when he sits, you sit. Cindy says it sounds like follow the leader. Hmm. Alice continues telling Cindy that when he calls her name, she becomes the witness and you sit in the witness chair. Cindy nervously asks, is that where I have to tell the truth? Hmm. Alice replies, yep, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Cindy then gets the idea and asks, if I don't sit in the chair, can I fib a little? Hmm. Alice looks at Cindy sternly and says, I don't think your mother would want you to do that. Cindy tries to explain to Alice that if Bobby and her tell the truth, Carol will lose and go to jail for years and years. And will <laughs> probably join a prison gang and get tattoos. <laughs> but <laughs> no shit, man. Um, but <laughs> but Alice I just it, have this visual of like Carol wearing like a do-rag. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Alice interrupts telling her cornrows. <laughs> <laughs> that it's just a small claims court and there's not even a jury. And that mm-hmm. Carol's not going to have to go to jail, no matter what anyone says. The judge mm-hmm. that just listens to both sides and then he decides which side. But just then, all of this is interrupted by Mike walking into the room. Mike walks in hmm. and says, Cindy, when you finish breakfast, get Bobby. I want you both to come into the backyard. Cindy decides then and there that she's finished and stands up. As Carol hmm. yells for Marsha, Alice asks what's up to Carol. Carol explains to Alice and perhaps to us that hmm. they're going to find out why four people in the same car didn't see the same thing the same way. Hmm. And that Mr. Brady is going to restage it. And as they leave, of course, Alice runs to join. <laughs> I noticed something there. Like, I don't know if you have any notes, but um, then when she's telling Cindy about court and all that kind of shit, mm-hmm. as soon as Mike enters the room, like, <laughs> Alice fucking shuts her That's because she's talking at her ass. She don't know what the fuck she's talking about. <laughs> she was just like, she immediately just like, mm, like shuts up immediately as soon as That'd be funny in. if Cindy threw her under the bus. What were you saying, Alice, about court? What? Nothing. <laughs> um, what, do you, what do I have to do with mom in court? <laughs> I'm mm. not certain that Alice should be going over any of this with the kids anyways. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that the Brady's don't have a lawyer. I know it's small claims court, but I'm kind of surprised he didn't have a lawyer. Um, yeah. But shouldn't this be something that Mike and Carol are going over with her and not the fucking housecape, housemaker or house, whatever? <laughs> Housekeeper. Um, but yeah, I put in there, she even knows, by the way, to stop talking when Mike comes in the room. Um, oh, was, did you have that in there? What's that? Oh, yeah. You do have it in there. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I even put on there, put on your swimming caps. Because we have a deep dive. I already oh, really? went through all that. I already went through all that. Oh, okay. okay. Scene 12. Out by the garage in the driveway, Mike has set up the two cars. Greg is in the convertible, and Carol, Marsha, Cindy, and Bobby are in the station wagon. Mike reminds everyone that he wants this done exactly as it was done at the supermarket. 
After confirming with Carol that Greg is in the same spot Mr. Dugan was in, he tells Greg on his cue, he starts backing up. He then kneels down next to the car and tells Carol to explain everything she did exactly. Carol tells him first they got into the car and they fastened their seatbelts. As she says this, Bobby and Cindy begin fastening their seatbelts. Carol continues saying she started the motor, then looked carefully behind her to make sure everything was clear, then started to back out. Bobby speaks up, saying that when him and Cindy didn't see her look back. Mike tells Greg to start backing and not stop until Mike tells him to. Just then, Marsha remembers something. She turns to Bobby and Cindy and tells them that's when the two of them were fighting about something. Cindy remembers first saying, Oh yeah, you spilled ice cream all over me. Mike tells him that he wants everything exact and to go ahead and fight, which they do. Bobby and Cindy scream at each other as Greg begins to back up. Mike looks into the car and realizes what's going on, saying, Wait a minute, I think we got something here. Just then Peter pipes up with, Hey Dad! But Mike wants no part of it, saying, Peter, not now. As Greg gets closer and closer to the car, Peter finally screams out, Dad! and points at the car Greg is driving. Mike notices just in time and yells out, Greg, stop! Jan, Alice, and Peter all breathe a sigh of relief as Jan says, we almost had another court case. <laughs> Alice quips, yeah, Brady versus Brady. Mike leans into Bobby and Cindy, asking if they were arguing the whole time. Cindy thinks for a moment and answers, yeah, I think we were. Mike asks, well, if you think you were, how did you know your mother looked back or not before the accident? Bobby reasons, maybe she did look back and we didn't see it. Mike answers, exactly. And it only takes a split second to miss something. Cindy thinks out loud, maybe we missed it. Bobby then realizes what they did, apologizes to Carol. Carol answers, that's okay, honey. You only said what you thought was the truth. Alice then compliments Mike, telling him he's a regular Charlie Chan. Mike then goes full racist with a Bobby-inspired Asian accent as he squints his eyes and answers, Do I have to do it, Jimmy? Does that make me just as bad? No, because you're 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 saying what he said. But they're also saying what they heard. What? So, like, you can't say oh, they're being racist because they're just quoting what somebody else said. Yeah, but it's the tone at which she said it. If you do it with an accent, yeah, you're racist as hell. Oh, so if I just say, ah, so. Yeah, exactly. Instead yeah. of, ah, so. Well, maybe. <laughs> yeah, because no, that's racist. what he's saying in the, in the episode. He's saying, ah, so. Like, ah, so. But yeah. it's with the accent that makes it fucked up. <laughs> ah, so. Carol joins in the fun, putting in the same accent, saying, Honorable wife of honorable detective, hope honorable judge, just as clever. <laughs> Try not to do an accent. And the entire family laughs how funny racism is. That was fucked up. Because <laughs> if you go back to the old Charlie Chan movies, the guy that cha played Charlie Chan, I don't, he wasn't Asian. No, he wasn't. That's kind of fucked up. Uh, but also, I got some some simple car facts. Not that anybody cares about my randomness like this. But, All right. Um, the car Greg is backing up in the accident reconstruction is a 1971 yeah. Plymouth Barracuda convertible, as seen driving mm -hmm. by Mike Brady in the previous seasons. 
for the fourth season, this particular, this exact same 71 Barracuda was modified by Paramount with a 72 front grill and rear circular taillights because Plymouth discontinued their entire convertible line for the 1972 model year. Hmm. So they had to make it look like a 72, even though there wasn't one available. So I just thought that was kind of interesting. I know nobody else cares, but I thought it was cool. That's cool. Okay. Um, They aren't stopping to think that perhaps Carol was distracted by two kids arguing in the backseat. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> but also what was, what exactly was he trying to prove when Greg was backing up? Like what, what was that? even? I, don't know, I thought accomplish? that was a bit much. There was no point in that. All it was going to do was damage the convertible too. Right. So like, and why didn't like, like Peter's like, dad, dad, dad. Why didn't he just say, Greg, stop. You know, and <laughs> Greg can't see that he's getting too close to because the Because Mike didn't wagon? say it. <laughs> and Greg is an idiot. Like he's just going to fucking run into the car. Like, <laughs> okay. Well, you you told me so. not to stop. <laughs> they really um, push the seatbelt agenda here. Yeah. Um, because this is back when, which we learned on a previous episode, this is back when the seatbelt <laughs> federal law just passed. And, uh. So they're like really, they say it like three times. We put on our seatbelts. Yeah. And then, you know. It sounded like they were like trying to pass their, their driving test or like maybe their instructor was watching this episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, cause we clipped the, and then I checked my mirrors twice to make sure I could see everything. <laughs> my hands were at 10 and two. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> I made sure the radio wasn't too loud. So it didn't distract me. Yeah. Scene 13. <laughs> Today is the day in court and we are in the courtroom. All right. The judge is handed a file and he reads, next case, Dugan versus Brady. Oh, it's so good that we didn't have to sit through like other cases yeah, right. to wait. That would have been funny if like there was another 20 minutes out of the episode because we had to watch another game. <laughs> Will the interested parties please step forward? Carol, Marcia, Cindy, and Bobby all step forward to the defendant's side of the courtroom. When they do, the judge asks, Mrs. Brady? Carol replies, yes, your honor. The judge confirms the defendant, huh? The judge then yells, will Mr. Dugan please step forward? Everyone looks around, but Mr. Dugan is nowhere to be found. Hmm. The judge looks at Carol and tells her that she can return to her seat, telling the telling her that the court will grant Mr. Dugan a two-minute grace. Hmm. As soon as they sit down, Mr. Dugan comes walking into the courtroom with a limp and a neck brace on. What? After Marsha points out the charade, Carol angrily asks Mike, a neck brace? Can you believe that? Hmm. Mike replies, I'm surprised it doesn't have both legs in a cast. Hmm. The judge looks at Mr. Dugan and tells him to state his name, to which he replies, Harry Dugan, sir. Sorry I'm late, your honor, but I was at the doctor's whiplash. Hmm. The judge blankly says, yeah, so it appears. He then looks over Mr. Dugan's shoulder and says, the defendant will return, please. Carol hands Mike her purse as her and the kid. She can just leave that shit on the, sorry. <clears throat> Carol, <laughs> Carol hands Mike her purse as her and the three kids make their way to the defendant's side of the courtroom. Again, the judge then announces, you understand that I will hear both sides and that the court will render a decision. Both Carol and Harry reply, yes, your honor. The judge announces the plaintiff first. The judge tells Harry that he can use the blackboard, but Harry tells him it's rather difficult since 
He can barely move his head. Yeah. He moves to the board where there are six matchbox cars on a board. He grabs one of them and tells the judge, I was parked uh, here. And she was parked uh, like that. And he twists <laughs> the car as if she was parked all crooked. <laughs> <laughs> she cracked me yeah. up. He continues, <clears throat> I had just come from the market with my groceries. My wife usually does all the shopping, but poor woman is bedridden. The judge, perhaps seeing through this charade, says, let's just stick to what happened in the parking lot, Mr. Dugan. Mr. Dugan continues, I got into my car and I turned my head carefully and looked out the window. Of course, I can't turn my head now, but uh, <laughs> I looked and I saw it was clear. So I started to back up very slowly when all of a sudden she came barreling out of her parking spot and wham, bang, right into me. Of course, you know how women drivers are, Your Honor. The judge, perhaps having a better bullshit detector than even Mike, says, well, whether the other driver is male or female is not pertinent, except, of course, to his or her spouse. Harry backpedals a bit, saying, oh, I understand, sir. I just mean that, uh, but it's cut off by the judge who asks, have you anything else to add? Have you any witnesses? Harry replies, no, sir. I just have here an itemized list of the damages to my car. No thanks to her. I could have been banged up a lot worse than I am. Of course, I can't even turn my head. The judge <laughs> growing weary of Harry says, yes, you've made that abundantly clear. He then looks at Carol and says, Mrs. Brady, it's your turn. Carol begins, your honor. I agree with Mr. Dugan on only one point. We were both parked. Hmm. But I was the one who looked back to make sure everything was clear. He couldn't have. Otherwise, he wouldn't have hit me. Mr. Dugan, who already had his turn, begins to argue with Carol, saying, No, you're the one that didn't look out because you hit me. Carol, not having any of his... Carol, not having any of this, fires back, Now, just a minute, mister. But is cut off <laughs> by the judge, who says, Mr. Dugan... I believe you had your turn. The judge then calls for the children asking if they are witnesses. Marcia proudly answers, yes, your honor. Mr. Dugan loudly shouts, I object your honor. She probably told them what to say, hmm. but the judge don't want to have any of that shit says, Mr. Dugan, hmm. the court doesn't need advice from you. Ooh. Yeah. Right. The judge looks back at the kids and says, state your names, please. The an they answer Marcia Brady. Robert Brady, Cynthia Brady. I think it's the first time she's called Cynthia, right? Well, except for a couple episodes okay. where she kept calling herself Cynthia. The, the judge begins talking to them saying, the story that your mother told about the accident in the parking lot. Is that true? Did she turn around and carefully look, be, <laughs> look before she backed up? And did she have her seatbelt on that adds utmost safety to any car or truck? No. <laughs> Marsha answers first, replying, yes, your honor. I saw her look back. The judge asks if she's sure, which she replies, yes. Bobby speaks up saying, but Cindy and I didn't see her, your honor. Cindy chimes in saying he spilled ice cream on my dress. Bobby give, <laughs> Bobby begins to give a dirty look at Cindy for bringing that old shit up. Finally says... I did not. And an argument begins. The judge chuckles as he tells the children they can be seated. After the children are seated, the judge speaks, saying, 
the court finds itself with two completely conflicting accounts on this accident. On the one hand, Mr. Dugan states categorically that he looked very carefully before he pulled his car out. And then on the other hand, Mrs. Brady contends the same thing. This leaves the court to settle the decision entirely on the testimony of both of the litigants. While all this is going on, Mike gets an idea and begins to see how heavy his briefcase is. He carefully moves into place and drops his briefcase on the floor behind Mr. Dugan. When he does this, Mr. Dugan snaps his head to see what the noise was. Bobby and other people in the courtroom notice as well as the judge. <sighs> Bobby and other people in the courtroom notice and begin saying that he turned his head. Mr. Dugan snaps, no, I didn't. Uh, the judge sees all this and announces, Mr. Dugan, it is the opinion of the court that your neck brace is an overt attempt to change the opinion of this court. Therefore, be clouding your testimony. I find in favor of the defendant. Carol thanks the judge and runs to be with her family. As Carol runs to be with her family, everyone tells Mike how smart the idea was. Mike takes hmm. the opportunity to liven up the courtroom with some racist impressions, saying, Honorable <laughs> a father, use honorable a noodle. Carol joins in the race fun, saying, Honorable mother, most grateful. At the judge's hmm. desk, Mr. Dugan is, tear is tearing up the list and goes to throw it on the floor but sees the judge glaring at him and decides not to. Bobby hmm. asks if he can go see the judge for a second. Carol asks what for. Bobby says maybe he can decide who spilled the ice cream. They all laugh. <laughs> so one thing I found out researching this was the judge was on Owen Marshall. Oh. So Owen, he was on Owen Marshall, and then Mr. Dugan, I think he was on. He was also on an episode of Owen Marshall. So I just thought that was kind of neat. Um, yeah, I, I love how tired of all this the judge seems, because you know he judges by nature just see this shit all day long, <laughs> yeah. and he just has this weary look on his face, like next, you know what I mean? Like he's just getting tired <laughs> of it. Um, why didn't Mr. Dugan go to the plaintiff side? Why are they both standing? I, know, I, on I the thought it was super side? awkward of him standing right next to her. Yeah. She's giving her testimony. But did it's you not professional? Did you notice how creepy everybody in the courtroom was? No, they were all just standing there, like, like with these fake <laughs> looks on their face. It was creepy. It was like <laughs> an Alfred Hitchcock movie. Like, um, it's pretty ballsy of Mike to drop a briefcase it was, like right? in yeah. a courtroom. Like, it sounds like a fucking gunshot. Couldn't like, he have been like, held in contempt? Maybe. I mean, and even if you made the guy turn his head, like, yeah. it's not impossible. It just hurts. Right, you know, right. like, yeah. like he didn't like, he doesn't have like pins in his neck where he can't <laughs> turn his head. It's just, it hurts too. So he could have gone, ah, you know, like, oh my God, you know. He could have turned like Batman, turn his whole shoulders. <laughs> right. Uh -huh. <laughs> like, what if it didn't work? We were like, the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Sorry, I dropped my uh, honorable briefcase. Honorable father, I drop an honorable briefcase. <laughs> I'd be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Sir, are you on medication? Should you be? <laughs> All right, scene 14. In the kitchen slash den opening thing area, we see Peter and Jen <laughs> physically fighting over a candy bar, both thinking it's theirs. Cindy clams up saying, let me handle this. I was just in court, so I know all about settling things really legal. 
Both Peter and Jan agree. Cindy takes the phone off the receiver and bangs it like a <laughs> gavel, saying, The court will now come to order. Whatever Judge Brady says goes. She then asks to see the evidence. Jan and Peter both place the biggest candy bar I've ever seen <laughs> on this counter and gives it to Cindy. Peter says that he bought it yesterday, but Jan protests, saying it's hers and that she just got it at the store. Cindy thinks for a moment and says, I'm pretty sure these are Peter's. <laughs> when he was a uh, scooter, yeah, scoop like, Brady. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, hmm. It's a very tough case, she says. There's only one thing to do, and takes a huge bite out of the candy bar and runs away. Mm. And that same fucking candy bar that <laughs> yeah, you know, Peter they're had gonna milk them. And <laughs> they had to buy a whole pack for it. They're gonna milk it. <laughs> so <sighs> that's the end of the season, and that's the end of the season. Mm. Oh man, yes. season three is over. You know what else is over, Tech? What? The contest. The contest, the contest is, over. is over. And I believe we have a winner. I think we do. And if you guys were smart and really listened to last week's episode, I gave mm-hmm. a little hint, a little tiny hint. We did. We gave a little and Tech eyeballed me through FaceTime and he's looking at me. He's like, I see what you did there. Okay. <laughs> that's what you did there if you remember when I said you think some of the losers are going to be like Marsha Martin they're going to feel like Jan and be like Marsha 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 well who's <laughs> our winner tech and I said they would never say that or, or would they? they so the winner of the contest and the $65 value of the Bradyus DVD box set is drumroll Marsha Garrett from Illinois. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Woohoo! Congratulations, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. It's kind of fitting that somebody name? like with the same name as somebody from the Brady Bunch. That's, That's awesome. So cool. It's spelled the same way oh, too. Yeah. yeah. Despite how I like to spell it, <laughs> right. nobody seems to agree with me. But whatever. <laughs> um. So that's cool. Good. Enjoy it. Yeah, it was a fun contest. She already knows about it. She's already been contacted, good, good. and probably uh, the uh, box is probably on the way to her right now. Good. Probably that's awesome. Good. Hell yeah. Yes. Uh so, uh, so that's the end of season three, and uh, we will go on a little short hiatus yep. for about a month. And uh, Jimmy's going to tell you when we're going to when you can expect a return of season four, episode one. We will return. On July 20th for our season right. premiere of season four. That's right. So look for it. July 20th, yes. season four, episode one. Uh, so disclaimer, we had a good time here today. Don't be offended. We do love the show. We are not racist or sexist, no, even no. though Jimmy did a better like Charlie Chan impression than I Dude, did. Dude, I watched some clips from that movie and that's horrible. <laughs> like that's awful. Mm. I mean, that shit would never fly today. <laughs> No. So, yeah, racism is not funny and in the least, and that's kind of fucked up. So, but it's mm. funny that it got a, they got away like nobody thought anything of it back then. Like they just thought this shit was normal. Like that's what <laughs> was so strange. They're just so blatant about it. They're like, make sure you, you know, if Marsh was to come out and say, "Mom, I don't think I should have to wear my seatbelt." Like, oh, that'd be the end of the world. People would be like throwing her against the wall by her throat and telling her how fucked up it is, but. He can flat out make fun of Asian people and it's okay. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Strange world. Okay. 
We'd personally like to thank our producers from Patreon. Without you, this absolutely, positively could not be possible. And I want to do a shout out to our OPs, our original producers or original patrons, which is Ginny and Jim Larison. Boom. They're awesome. Well, not Ginny and, and Jim, Jim Larison. They're not married. <laughs> no, sorry, no. sorry. Ginny and Jim. Let's just keep I it I mean, there. if that sorry. happens, that's awesome. Couple. You know, love through a very pretty podcast. That's a beautiful thing. But I don't think it's happening. <laughs> I think, so. I think Ginny's married. I'm not sure about Jim. Okay, I don't know. Right. But, but uh, and Jim, uh, we are going to be contacting you again for all this season four. <laughs> we need to missing just buy episodes the box of Hulu. The box that we gave well, out, we just need to buy it. Maybe Marsha Garrett will send us the box. <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm just kidding, Marsha. It's all yours. Congratulations. And so Jimmy's going to be handing out some summer homework for the summertime. You yes. guys are in summer school. <laughs> so while we're on our hiatus, if you find yourself sitting on the dumpster, not knowing what to do, sitting on the couch, bored, missing sitting us, sitting in traffic on the passenger seat or in the back seat, or sitting on the bus or the train, however you commute, check out our website mm-hmm. at com. Or if you're sitting around, you're missing us, you're going, you know what? I never did that rate and review. So I'm going to go ahead and do that on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or CastBox. Or if, you, are you, or if you're feeling like withdrawal symptoms and you need to talk about it, tell two friends about the show and then they can watch it and then you can talk about it. Or if you well, hate the, the show, the podcast. Take, yeah. tell two enemies or, or your in-laws or something. Yeah. Or if you just miss us and you're like, you know what? I'm going to shoot him an email. And tell us, like, say, I miss you and I love you. And you can do that at a very brave podcast you know you're at gmail.com. Get <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Or <laughs> you can join the Facebook group. It's, it, you can think of it as, like, group therapy. Mm-hmm. Join the Facebook group and join in the conversations and the fun. And if you're really lucky and you really pay attention, you really monitor all the, the posts, you might see some of the people we talk about. You mm-hmm. might see, like, William or Jenny or Emma Kate or or you know, Jim, Pepe. Jim Larison or Pepe, you might see some of these guys. So, um, mm-hmm. so yeah. So pay attention to the Facebook group. Indeed. It's called the very Brady Facebook group, or you check out the retro network.com, which we are a part of and check out the other shows on there. Yeah. They're the ones that, um, that kind of helped us out with this, um, uh, contest. They did all the background work for us. They're the ones that actually did the the organization of it and the picking of the people. That way, our hands were were removed from it, so we couldn't pick anybody that we liked. You know, um, yep. Not that we don't like you, Marsha. That's not how I meant it at all. So, <laughs> Unbiased. Uh, so yeah, for real. If you guys enjoy this show, they got they got other shows on the network. They got. I mean, there's so. If you're into, if you like this because of the the retro nostalgic aspect of it, I'm telling you, you're gonna love the retro network. There's a reason that we join that network as opposed to other networks. So um, if you'd like to be a producer, check out the Patreon at www.patreon.com slash a very pretty podcast. Or check out our Instagram going, I miss tech and Jimmy. I want to see their faces and their mugs. (laughs) Go check out. I don't use a mug. (laughs) Go check out their Instagram at a very pretty podcast. Follow us on Facebook and get updates. Indeed. And for the love of almighty God, go watch the Brady Bunch. Yes. And Jimmy is going to tell you the exciting season four, episode one, which I think this is one that a lot of people have been waiting on. It's, do you know off the top of your head if this is like a two-parter? or? I think it's at least a two. It is might it? be a three. Okay. So, just to start off season four, 
A lot of you already know because you're Brady Bunch fans. On the next episode, season four, episode one is Hawaii Bound. The Hawaii episode. Hawaii episodes. This is what, in part, the second parody movie was based off of. The Bradys go on vacation to Hawaii. While there, Peter and Bobby stumble upon an ancient tiki idol hmm. that some locals believe brings bad luck to the person who is touching it. That Do-do-do. may sound familiar to you guys. Some of you might see that on, um, you know, back when you were a kid, when it was on, and when you watched the reruns of the Brady Bunch and stuff, that's one they like to play a lot because it's interesting. You get to see Greg surf in that too, I believe. Yeah. Um, so I think we should uh, do our outro like we always do. <laughs> but let's bring it down a little bit. Let's do a little melancholy-like, you know? Okay. Just the end of the season. All right. Well, this entire season, mm-hmm. I've been Jimmy. And I have been Tack. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. We're trying to be melancholy. Mm. Yeah. And this has been season three. Of a very Brady podcast. And we'll see you. I told myself I wouldn't cry on another sunshine day. Peace, Moan. Hey, thanks so much for stopping by and checking out the show. And come on back here for new episodes every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rate and review. It helps the show out tremendously. Head on over to AVeryBradyPodcast.com to check out past guests. And maybe you wonder what Jimmy and I look like, but you know, it's not as good as you think, so don't get too excited. And you can contact us at AVeryBradyPodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email and we'll read it on the show. And also head on over to the merch store at tpublic.com. The link is in the description below. And don't forget to join the Facebook group. It's called A Very Brady Facebook Group. And also there's a like page for the show as well called A Very Brady Podcast. So join in on the fun. Join in on the conversation. Post memes. Do whatever you want. Just don't be a racist dick. And be sure to also check out the Patreon page. If you enjoy the show, give a donation and become a patron. We'd certainly appreciate it. Just head on over to patreon.com forward slash a very Brady podcast. Until then, this has been a very Brady podcast and have a sunshine day. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.